Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is March 20th, 2023. And as we begin, let's take a moment to link with the entire worldwide network of triangles, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O oh Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. Triangles is a very valuable daily service work particularly during this time of transition in our planetary life, when we're going through a crisis, we're in the old and established forces that have been governing our planet for the last 2000 years, the energies of Pisces and the sixth ray are passing through their period of uh, endings. And when these energies pass out, there's always a crystallization that sets in and uh, these forces are then standing in opposition to the incoming energies of the seventh ray and of Aquarius. And also through the new group of world servers, the energies of Taurus and Scorpio. So these new energies cause disruptions in the established way of doing things. And so we who work uh, in this service activity of triangles, have the opportunity to contribute to the influx of light and love into the planet, into the grid surrounding the planet, and thereby aid in the swifter transformation of the planet by bringing through soul energies. So it's a, it's a wonderful practice. It's a simple practice. It be done each day. So it is a commitment. You simply have to find two other people who will agree to link with you each day, not at the same time necessarily, not in the same locale, but just establishing that subjective link each day whereby you visualize your triangle, the planetary network of triangles. And then as the great invocation, a world prayer is sounded, you release the energies which pour into human consciousness, touching all open hearts and minds. So if you're new to this work, we welcome you. And if you would like to form a triangle, you can simply place your name in the chat box and hopefully two other people on the call will agree to form a triangle with you. And after the break um, of the meditation, which isn't really a break, excuse me, but after the meditation, we'll be hearing from one of our guests who's been here many times, and we always appreciate the care that he puts into his presentations, Eduardo Gramalia from Argentina. Um, and his main area of research is late Hellenistic tradition, 
particularly its hermetic text on mystery traditions and astrology. He's also the author of a recently re-edited book on astrology. I believe it's in Spanish, but um, for those of you who speak Spanish, you might want to check that out. Um, I think it might be called Hermetic Astrology, but Eduardo, if that's not correct, you can correct it in the chat box. Eduardo is also a Sanskrit scholar and teaches Sanskrit and is also a pianist and harpsichordist. So he's a multi-talented individual and we're, we're very glad to have him participating in this work of triangles. So now let's begin with a brief visualization. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize a triangle composed of the three planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center. Hierarchy, the planetary heart. And humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around this triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. Now in the center of that triangle, visualize a five-pointed indigo star, the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, standing in the present and radiating the energy of love wisdom. Now at the center of that star, visualize the tiny cross of humanity as a group stand in the center of that cross. And breathe in, invoking the spiritual will and visualizing the three spheres of the planetary centers coming into alignment and interplay, forming one sphere. This is the sphere of the new group of world servers, which partakes of the energy of all three of these august centers.
Visualize this sphere full of unlimited potential, points, myriad points of light, representing the multitude of groups and individuals working along all the many lines of endeavor, preparing the way. Breathe in soul energy and breathe it out through the group onto all humanity through the grid of triangles. Visualize this energy pouring through all groups, releasing light and goodwill. And as we distribute it through the five planetary centers, we sound the mantra. Radiance we are in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. We're living and moving into a time wherein the etheric or energy body is and will increasingly become recognized as a reality, as the energetic structure, the subtle lines or channels of communication through which energy flows and links all things together. The etheric is the vehicle through which the soul's light is released it is the medium out of which the triangles network is constructed. It's the means whereby we distribute lighted mental substance that is capable of building this world anew through the power of our thought. For it is through the distribution of lighted mental substance that illumination from the soul can be brought to bear upon the present structures. Through this means, we enhance the reserves of the forces of light, not by focusing on the darkness, but rather by focusing on that light. As we work together today under the potencies of the first degree of this first sign of Aries, the spring equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, the sign of mental illumination, Together we can make a potent contribution to the stimulation of the network by capturing 
the energy of this day coinciding so closely as it does with the new moon. This outgrowth of soul consciousness as it is released through the work of triangles increases the goodwill in the world. It foments changes in human orientation and we can all play our part in these changes through the realization of the importance of our daily thoughts and actions. The attitude needed to be constructed in order to build this new world will come through an established decentralization within humanity, wherein there will eventually evolve the attitude of automatically thinking of others more so than of oneself. The Tibetan encourages students saying, let your imagination run wild for a moment picturing the condition of the world when the majority of human beings are occupied with the good of others and not with their own selfish goals. He asked us to undertake this imagining of a new world, a new humanity, as an exercise that will aid in bringing humanity and this new world into manifestation. And many years have passed since the Tibetan gave this suggestion. And today many people are doing this, selflessly working in all the many fields of human expression, creating new structures to house the incoming life, the new wine, and leaving the old bottles aside for recycling. These visionary individuals and groups are the potent force that is changing the world. They are curious. They take the time to dream, to question. They live lives of wonder. As we work with the cycles of nature, the cycles of the heavens, which we're told coincide, we magnify the potency of our work together. This March equinox is one such potent day within the annual cycle. These equinoxes and solstices are the times of shifting energies. And we move now from the time of in-breathing, wherein the energies are gathered up into alignment with the higher realms, and we enter into a period of pause, a poised moment, the higher interlude, wherein the possibility is held out for a time of inspiration a time when revelations can become possible. A sense of expectancy is in the air each year during this higher interlude period, wherein the rain cloud of noble things can be tapped by the group mind leading to precipitation. These higher interlude periods encompass the three first signs of the zodiac, Aries, Taurus and Gemini. It's a potent time within the annual cycle, a time of a subjective and collective pause within the framework of the group mind. And no matter what our outer work might entail, we work to hold to this inner quiet wherein the voice of the soul and of the hierarchy can filter through and permeate the world. There's an interesting teaching within the ancient mystery teachings that 
compares these solstice and equinox points with the path of initiation. These initiations begin with the first initiation or the birth, which here in this system corresponds to the winter solstice. And then here in Aries, the sign of springtime, of the buoyancy of youth, we find a correspondence to the second initiation. Here we see the emergence in this sign of a strong intellect, the growing dominance of light. And in the brief life of Christ, this period corresponds to the moment when the boy, Jesus, debates with the teachers in the temple. This stage awakens the higher mind, expands its contours, and reaches out beyond appearances, a key quality in our world today that's needed. On this potent day when the sun rises due east and sets at exactly due west, there is an exactitude of alignment established within the planet which evokes the spiritual will, air is being the predominant sign that conveys the first ray of will or power. And perhaps this will energy comes in most potently at sunrise and sunset. Each day these times over confer opportunity to align with the great Lord of Shambhala, the ruler of the planet, as he makes his alignment with his source and gives forth his unceasing devotion, which manifests, we're told, in the waves of color and the harmonies that we're not yet privy to. But today, on this potent opportunity, we can also link at 5.24 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, which is the exact time of the equinox, and align with the potent influx of the forces of restoration conferred upon us through the Lord of the resurrection life as he pours out his life giving radiance upon all who appropriate the opportunity. And Tibetan tells us this is a great being, this Lord of resurrection. So let's now work with our meditation. coming together as a group, lifting our consciousness to the mental plane, standing at the center of the evened arm cross of discipleship, linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light, with all people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group.
subject a rainbow bridge towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Now visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Now linking with your triangle, the planetary network of triangles, the group soul, and the world teacher, hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energies of love.
precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Linking with the group, we sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happiness of the tongue. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation 
silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now, Eduardo, you um, share your screen. Hello, Kathy. Welcome. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy to be back and yeah. be able to share a few thoughts. Hello, everyone. Uh, the title of my presentation today is Through the Gates of the Equinox. Uh, as it is viewed from Earth, the sun is now reaching a point in the sky called equinox. As human beings on this planet, we are not disconnected from this astronomical fact, this yearly crisis point. Some may object that it is an illusion as it is the Earth which moves around the sun, but this earthly realm is our present field of evolution. And we are immersed in this illusion caused by humanity's past experiences. So it is from this viewpoint that the celestial influences are considered. They are real for us and come to us as different types of energy. 
that we must learn to wield. This point of annual crisis, and as you said, Kathy, alignment, uh, the, the passage of the sun through the equinox, the point in the sky which marks the beginning of the astrological year, is astronomically understood as the intersection of the ecliptic or apparent path of the sun and the equator of the earth. It is the beginning of the tropical sign Aries, a sign of beginnings and renewals. At this point, Hercules, the disciple, is emerging from the depth below the ecliptic, the southern latitudes, being symbolically crucified to then rise and begin his ascent towards the highest point of the Cancer Solstice. The energy of new beginnings brings hope, and hope is said to be a keynote of the sign Aries. It is at this point that we would profit by reviewing what we have learned in the previous cycle and also by formulating our plans for the coming spiritual year. We can imagine the entire network of triangles being infused with new energies and promises for a brighter future. In order to have a glimpse of the importance and the qualities of these energies. Let me recall what the great occultist H.P. Blavatsky said about the equinox. She said the equinoxes and solstices, the phases of the solar course, astronomically and numerically expressed, although they seem abstract ideas for the uninitiated mortal, they are the concrete symbols of the eternally living truth. In other words, the equinox stands for happenings at certain levels, which we hardly can imagine. So, as we enter the higher interlude of this year, let us resume our reflections on Hercules as a symbol of the spiritual disciple. If Blavatsky in her secret doctrine confessed that the study of myths and their meanings had occupied the greater portion of her life, thus devoting many pages of her book to the interpretation of myths and legends. And if the Tibetan through Alice Bailey has conveyed to us the story of one of the greatest Greek myths, Hercules, so that we may ponder upon it, we must conclude that much wisdom is hidden behind the apparently funny and naive stories of these ancient anonymous oral traditions we call myths and legends. In other words, they have a hidden meaning and must be treated as symbols. Their most important feature is their exemplary nature. This implies that all the events of Hercules is dramatic and often amusing story. Our guidelines for the modern disciple to follow on his path of spiritual unfoldment. They sum up the needed recognitions, challenges, and crisis points he confronts. For those not so familiar with the story, let me recall 
who Hercules or Heracles in Greek was. Classical heroes are born from a male god, the female human, symbol of the essential duality of spirit and matter, life in form, soul in body, that it is their challenge to synthesize. Hercules' father was Zeus himself, his mother a mortal woman called Alcmene. According to the sources, Hercules travels long distances and bridges the gap between cultures. He even ventured into lands unknown by any living being, such as the land of the dead. The mythical figure of Hercules traveling around killing monsters which devastate the lands or twisting the course of rivers or building altars is in some way the collective remembrance of an ancient disciple who brought peace and civilization to the people, solved world problems and was able to heal since Hercules is also associated with hot springs with healing powers. In other words, a symbol of the world disciple whose field of service embraces the whole planet and his mind bridges, bridges into unknown realms of consciousness. As Hercules, many advanced beings have left an echo of their world service in popular myths and legends. Their lives are full of challenges, mostly imposed by their own souls. In the story of Hercules, it is the goddess Hera, Zeus's wife, who is out to make life difficult for the hero. For example, in a fit of madness caused by the goddess, the hero kills his own children. And Hera stands for the soul and his madness, for that burning aspiration which drives a beginner on the path to madly sacrifice everything for his ideals and goals. And it was as atonement for this crime that the oracle tells him that he must serve King Eurystheus for 12 years, who sets him 12 labors, each of them corresponding to one of the zodiacal signs. Hercules' relationship with his soul is contained in this name. Heracles in Greek means the glory of Hera. His birth name was Alcades, but he adopted Heracles as he recognized his mission of expressing the soul, that is, when he became a soul-infused personality. The name of the soul then became his name. And we know the soul imposes all kinds of tests on the personality until it can manifest forth its innate divinity. It reminds me of an old Eastern story about a disciple who prayed for wisdom and God, as response, dramatically increased his obstacles. The disciple must learn to stand on his own feet. The stories about Hercules killing snakes and monsters with his bare hands and the very episode of killing his own music teacher, court music teachers, are metaphors of reaching that stage of being on his own and trusting his own capacities. When Hercules undertakes the first task, which we guess is related to the first sign of the zodiac, Aries, he little realizes what it would really entail. He's told that the Thracian king Diomedes possesses 
a number of mares which were devastating the countryside and subsisting on human flesh. Hercules was told to capture them. Having succeeded, he gave the horses to a friend, Abderis, to hold while he strutted ahead, not realizing that those horses would trample Abderis to death. The mares escaped and Hercules had to start all over again. He finally succeeded, though, though not without an initial failure. Ares is ruled exoterically by the planet Mars and esoterically by Mercury. During the wheel of incarnation, it, it is Mars' desire which prompts to action. For the disciple, it is the mind and thought ruled by the planet Mercury what guides his actions. Aries governs the head and is the sign of the thinker. This is where Hercules, the newly thinking disciple, begins his effort. The horse stands for thoughts and intellectual activity. Plato, in his dialogue Phaedrus, tells us about a charioteer who drives a chariot pulled by two winged horses. The charioteer represents the soul, just as Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. In Plato's allegory, one horse represents the higher mind and the other the lower nature. The charioteer tries to stop the horses from going different ways and forces them to proceed upwards into the light. Isn't it beautiful to see all the same symbols evoked once and again by those who could tap the universal mind? The lesson Aries brings becomes increasingly relevant as the years go by. Hercules' first lesson was to achieve mental control, as is the first lesson of every aspirant. For ages, the mares of thought, wrong ideas, and useless speech have been devastating our countryside, our earthly environment. In a way, this swarm of uncontrolled thoughts feed on the lower nature, just as the mares in Hercules' story subsisted on human flesh. This until the disciple can say, I come forth and from the plane of the mind I rule. It is said that one of the first lessons we all have to learn is the tremendous power we mentally wield and the amount of both good and harm we can cause through the horses of our mind. Hercules at first failed to realize the potency of thought, so he gave Abderis, symbol of the lower self, the mares to hold. But the lower nature by itself cannot cope with this task, and the horses escaped into the wilder lands of Diomedes, son of Mars. In other words, the swarm of uncontrolled thoughts rushed into the realm of desire. From the response of the teacher who said that the task was done, though badly done, we may infer that we need more than one attempt to succeed in controlling the mind. So the entry of the sun into Aries prompts a series of questions. How do we use our mind? 
Are my thoughts contributing to uplift? Are they truly creative, affirming hope, or on the contrary, thoughts of separativeness and fear? We can thus see how closely related this first task is with the work of triangles, where we use the power of thoughts with the purpose of helping to build the triangular network of light and thereby allowing the inflow of higher energies. So this moment calls for a renewed intention to control our minds and contribute thoughts of peace and goodwill. We know that humanity is going through a great crisis and our work with triangles could be our mental contribution to allow the energies of love and goodwill to be poured into a suffering humanity. It is indeed our choice whether we contribute to increase the mental chaos and heavy forces today at work, or we decide to stand on the side of those who consciously aid the plan and bring comfort to our fellow men, standing as a radiating point of light, love and goodwill, and learning thereby. A very occult statement can be said to be in connection with Aries, in my opinion. The disciple knows because he works, and not the other way around. As H.P. Blavatsky said when explaining the, the ancient mystery of the equinox, truly, our destiny is written in the stars. The closer the union between the mortal reflection and the human being, and its celestial prototype, we could add the soul, the less dangerous the external conditions. So let us, uh, sorry, one moment. So let us once more project our path of light and service for this coming year, not forgetting that, as we are told, hope is the keynote of Aries. The most significant thought creates a tiny action, proclaims the Agni Yoga. Thought is the power and co-creator of, of existence. Through our minds, we as members, members of the new group of world servers, help in giving concrete manifestation to spiritual ideals, and we can contribute to advance the principles of a new age. So as we participate in the distribution of the powerful energies of this moment, and this is not an esoteric platitude, but these energies are real, I send you all warm greetings in hopes that this time may really be a conscious beginning and full of hope for all humanity. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eduardo. It was such a, a deep presentation on the deeper aspects of what this solstice is all about. So thank you so much. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I'm trying to share. My screen. Okay, here we go. All right. So I have a number of questions before we open it up to the larger community, if you don't mind. 
Um, I was interested. <laughs> I was interested about your relating Aries to hope, and that it's a keynote of the sign. Could you say why you think this is so? Well, it, it's not mine, really. It is said in, uh, as I re recall, in Labors of Hercules, that hope is the keynote of Aries. Oh, when, when, okay. Yeah, yeah. When I first read it, read it, I found it rather surprising. Maybe because we are used to think about Aries as blind impulse. Yeah. Uh, however, Aries being the first sign of the zodiac potentially contains, so to say, all the promises and I would say potentialities to be unfolded by all the following signs. And as we turn to Mercury as esoteric ruler of the sign, we also think of all the hidden promises within a thought form intended to solve the current world problems. In some way, to hope always involves a creative visualization, or it should involve a creative visualization of we hope for, of that we hope for. And, and by the way, the succession of zodiacal signs can be said to contain the story of a thought form. If we think about this, uh, first, the emergence of an idea and its blueprints in the mind, Aries, is esoterically called the birthplace of divine ideas. Then this idea attracts substance onto itself, Taurus. Then it becomes a pulsating vibration between two poles, Gemini. Then a it appropriates its circle of influence being imbued with sentiment and concrete form, cancer. It becomes a distinctive individuality in Leo, and in Virgo it takes its place within a universal network, so to say, and it finally reaches its point of equilibrium in the other equinox, Libra, when he sees the other. This is just while thinking, Kathy, this is my, my ideas. Um, I was also surprised to see that hope is said to be the keynote of Aries. Um, yeah, it makes sense energetically when you just, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, when you sense the burst of, of renewal, of life, of resurrection, it, it, it totally makes sense to me. So yeah. thank yeah. you for bringing that mm. up. Um, on a sort of a different note, have you seen the chart of the, this ingress of the sun into zero degrees of Aries? And I if have. so, what do, you <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the energies at play? Well, um, a little worried perhaps, but the, yeah, the entry of the sun into the equinoctial point takes place in a couple of hours from now, I believe. And yeah. not, not long after that, the new moon will occur on that point. Yeah. I yeah. think that when two events occur on one single degree of the zodiac, we can surmise that the mind of God is giving us a hint. And uh, we could, so to say, second guess it and think about what it is trying to signify in terms of the life on this planet. What I find significant is that both rulers of areas, Mars, exoteric, and Mercury, esoteric, are involved in a single configuration. Mercury is very close to the sun and therefore hidden under its rays, which means that it is not visible in the sky. And when this happens, 
Sometimes it may prevent a clear mind to manifest and interpret reality correctly. It is the sign of things taking place undercover, so to say. And Mars, in turn, squares the new moon, and Mercury squaring means being separated by 90 degrees. Uh, so this square in astrology is understood to bring a bring up a crisis point, so to say. Mm -hmm. And so this configuration, I think, may bring the desire nature to the forefront, making humanity cling to old Piscean sixth ray ideas and hinting that the mares of disordered thought might be might plague our countryside this year. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Pluto in two days will be entering into Aquarius, right? Yeah. Uh, my only concern is uh, the control through technology, even when we are now able to share our thoughts through technological means. But at the same time, it is also true that these problems emerge precisely due to the point in evolution reached by humanity, as many people are developing their minds and becoming integrated personalities. So I think it is a time when we must be much aware of, of how we use our minds and really make the effort to renew our efforts to, to contribute thoughts of goodwill and love. Yeah, that's, that's a powerful horoscope as you just mentioned. It's powerful, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it relates very much to what your talk was about. So it's it's interest, very interesting. Mm. Um, well, uh, yeah. well, sort of left to uh, our own devices, so to say, mentally speaking. And, yeah. And yeah, and this is. I think what is meant by, by the way, by Hercules using his bare hands and not his club or, or arrow or any other God-given instrument. I was always fascinated by that symbol. And I think it stands for the problem of the disciple being, of being left to his own devices. Mm -hmm. uh, Hercules, Hercules could do that from a, from a very early age. In fact, his first first noteworthy deed was when Hera, the the goddess, sent two snakes to kill him in his crib, and mm -hmm. the baby, instead of being frightened, strangled the snakes with his bare hands. When a hero does not use the instruments given to him by the gods, but uses bare hands to get rid of monsters. As, Hercules did with mm. the Nemea lion and the Hydra in Scorpio. I think it stands for the aspirant being left to his own devices. And sometimes mm. I think it is our own situation as spiritual aspirants who in face of this world crisis do not sometimes do not know exactly which is the right action to take. Yeah. Well, I think we agree that we are going through a crisis. And, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. can't deny yeah. that one. Uh, I, I think that we can, you know, when I look at Pluto going through the different signs, just as when it went into Capricorn, we knew that it would 
stimulate the lower and the higher aspects of that sign. And we saw that it, it stimulated the forces of materialism and the, the confluence of energy in the hands, money energy in the hands of the few was greatly mm. um, magnified. But then mm. Pluto is also, Pluto in Capricorn also was a reflection of the spiritual workers of the world. It's the sign of great initiation. And so I think there, there has been and will continue to be a, a great awakening. And likewise yeah. in Aquarius, the downside could, as, as you have said, be related to overly controlled um, humanity by the forces of technology, which are related to Aquarius. But it can also be on the flip side, and the side I, I would like to focus on was is the um, decentralization, the quality of yeah. decentralization. Yeah, and, and I the, would say, uh, sorry, Gaffey, I, I would say an increased consciousness of the network. Yeah. Yeah, yes. uh, of being in a network. Yeah. Of being maybe through a, a crisis, maybe through a challenges and 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 sometimes uh, world events, but I think the 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 awareness of being part of a of a, a grid, a network, will increase, and I think that is a brighter side. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we always have to focus on the light, and so. I'm yeah. choosing to focus on the forces of decentralization. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, it was interesting to ponder failure, which is highlighted in the Aries um, labor. Mm. Uh, and could you say more about the opportunities and the experience of failure on the spiritual path and how should we deal with our failures? I think that as long as we work consciously, we will always have failures. That's why I stressed, I emphasized that statement, the disciple knows because he works, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So to not the, the inflow of knowledge, knowing exactly what to do comes as an invoked need, so to say, as a response to work. So I think it is service which brings knowledge and certainty about what we should do. So therefore, I don't think we should power uh, off uh, and, and we will always have failures. I think yeah. that is the lesson. And besides that, controlling the minds it's a repeated attempt. And, and you know, uh, given the heavy forces at work now, it's a real effort to hold the mind steady in the light, to, be, to become uh, an observer, uh, to know when to act and when to refrain from acting. So yeah. it's it's a very critical condition. And of course, a critical condition always means a great opportunity. If we yeah, take it yeah. like that. 
Yeah, and I think for the Aries, um, for this sign to, as you said, to refrain from acting under the influence of Mars and Mercury, which are both very mm. active and reactive, yeah. that is probably a major, major yeah. test. Yeah, uh, this is a great polarity of Aries. Mars is action, not thinking too much and plunging into action. Mercury is the thought that antecedes that that is before action. So, this is the challenge. Now, uh, mm-hmm. um, if action is charged with a powerful thought form, and uh, of course that implies understanding of what we are doing, the need, and well, we sometimes understand, we sometimes fail to understand, we sometimes fail to act, and uh, we never know uh, exactly uh, when to proceed, to act and intervene, or remain silent with good thoughts. It's a great challenge nowadays. At least I found it so, a a great challenge. Um, Well, we're almost up with our time. I'm looking through the chat and I see that someone, uh, Karina is asking for the title of your book. Is it only available in Spanish or is it in English as well? Uh, No, my book is in Spanish. Yeah, Hermetic Astrology. Hermetic right, astrology, hermetic astrology. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And but you could translate it in all your free time. <laughs> I could. <laughs> well, uh, maybe in the future it will. Uh, now I, I, I was very reluctant to to have a Instagram and uh, and now well okay we have a s- astrological center in my city with another astrologer so so. If we, anyone who understands Spanish could check, uh, uh, I I can put the link in the chat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always uh, make comments and uh, bring, I always bring up historical questionings and uh, the historical dilemmas about astrology, esoteric astrology, psych, psychological, uh, psychology and astrology, traditional astrology, uh, many people might find that interesting. It is uh, who speak Spanish, of course. In the future, I plan to do it in English too. But... All right. <laughs> All right, Eduardo, thank you so much. And I'm sorry I didn't. we didn't have more time to deal with the chat, but I will forward that to you. And we always, and I will read them. And so will Eduardo. And we really appreciate all of your sharing with us and no, you it's, too it's, of course it's always a pleasure to be here and thank you so much for having me Kathy it's it's I'm always happy to share my thoughts thank you we will take you up on that again soon <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you Kathy all right bye thank you everyone um, let's close by just taking a moment to Visualize the network linking together as a group, visualizing the planet surrounded by a network of golden triangles.
Thank you again.